Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I am the founder, Ben Smith, and we are excited to bring to you the second half of an interview with two-time All-American and previous captain from Cornell, Jordan Stevens. If you haven't had a chance to check out the first half, please do so. Jordan brings great insights and dives into his personal experiences leading as captain and then as an assistant coach at Cornell. There's a lot of wisdom and many takeaways from this episode as he touches on items such as the power of consistency and the importance of being authentic as a team captain. I hope you enjoy. You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. some changes uh, in your demeanor or your mentality to fulfill your role as a coach coming from being a player and a captain but before that were there any anything that you you had to change in either your personality or how you address your teammates or anything like that that you had to change in order to move from um, another player on the team or whatever roles you you may have filled before that but moving into your role as a captain uh, I don't know. It's a, an interesting question. I think that maybe sometimes people think that they get a, the title slapped on and they need to change. Uh, there's definitely times where you got to maybe step up to the plate or, uh, or, or lean on, lean on what you've done in the past, but just being an authentic version of yourself. I and mean, once you step outside of who you are, it becomes really clear. And especially to the people that know you best, uh, something coach Millman says all the time is, you know, you can't hide from your teammates. They, they know you better than anybody. Uh, and if, as a leader, coach, captain, you know, wh- whoever, whatever role I'm, I'm filling or whatever role that person is filling, the second you step outside of, of who you are, uh, you almost lose a little bit of credibility too. Uh, because then, then maybe those younger guys in the team who are looking up to you say, like, I, I know that guy. That's not who he is, right? That's not how he handles that situation. That's not how he should, uh, or excuse me, maybe not should, but that's not how he's done it in the past. And uh, yeah, maybe sometimes you, you do need to change, but uh, it's all got to be within who you are. Uh, and obviously you want to push those boundaries. You want to, you know, as a, as the person grow a little bit, but it's got to be authentic. It's got to be genuine. So this is something that I, I mean, the, the question leading into this, something that I've thought about a lot uh, as a, as a former player, you know, I had, you know, I had the person that I was and I had who I was and that was in my personality. But then, then I made the transition as a, as a coach and even had the opportunity to coach guys that I played with, which, you know, it was, it had its up and downs and, uh, the team at that point you know, was struggling a bit, but any time that I, I faltered or any time that I uh, found myself maybe not proud of what I was doing was really just because maybe I was outside of who I am. Uh, and that's something that I think you know, my first year I definitely struggled with. It was not, uh, was not a clean transition, but last year I worked on it, thought about it a lot, thought about uh, the ways that I needed to get better, asked for advice, both, you know, both to my, my colleagues, people I work with and both with, uh, the players and guys who I had a great relationship with uh, just on, on what to do. And, but it really always boiled down to just being authentic, being uh, the person that I, I'm you know, proud to be, being you know, a consistent version of, uh, of me. So I think for anyone who is becoming a captain, you know, don't feel like you got to change the world and, and change who you are. 
just focus on being the best version of you. Be authentic. Care about the people around you, uh, and you know, something good will happen, right? If you've been, if you've been elevated to that spot, you've obviously done something right. Be intense. Be competitive, but be authentic, right? You got to be, got to be what you are. You got to be who you know who's gotten you to that point. So, you know, that, that's just my my opinion on it. And again, it's it's something that I've spent quite a bit of thought on because it honestly wasn't always a strength. Uh, it's something that uh, I'm still working on. So, trying, trying for sure, but. I think it's uh I think it's important to stay authentic to who you are. Yeah, I was I was uh I was hoping you'd answer the question that way, Jordan. Actually, um, I think it I think like you said, sometimes people get that that role as a captain, and they think they need to automatically change. But that that authenticity that you mentioned, that I think that's the the, uh, the utmost important thing when you become a captain is is don't stray from who you are. You know, you you were voted a captain for a reason because you were doing, you're already doing what you need to be doing. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there, maybe you have to change some minor things here and there and, and maybe yeah, have to address yeah, certain people. Maybe it's yeah. a little extreme sometimes or laid exactly. back other times. It's, it's all within those bounds of, of who you are, or what you've been. Um, so again, you're, you're pushing, you're pushing the boundaries a little bit at times, but it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be real. Yeah. You still have to, to stay within your authentic self. And like you said, nobody knows you better than your teammates. So mm-hmm. the second that you switch something on that has been you for the last two, three years, they're going to sniff it out. And then mm-hmm. they're, they're going to start losing respect for you because they think that now you got to change to, to make yourself and fill these, fill this role and make it bigger than, than what it really is. Um, so I think that that is a, is a huge characteristic that you need to be able to see in your captains and in yourself as a captain is, are you being true to who you are and are you really being authentic in, in your leadership? Yeah, definitely. It's a great question too. Again, like I said, something I've, I've thought about, but no, always room to improve there. For sure. Um, so going along with, with some of those characteristics as a captain, who, who's been one of the best captains that you've experienced firsthand and, and what made them such a great captain? Yeah, I love this question. This is great. Uh, I've had the opportunity to play with a lot of great, great teammates, um, coach a lot of great uh, guys, just even now and only in my third year, but um, the common theme of the, these people and or, or really just their leadership is that ability to to have a genuine connection and really you know, build a genuine connection. Um, so a couple guys who I've actually recently just played with uh, you know, professionally was you know, Jordan McIntosh, uh, John Galloway, two guys who uh, have both had extensive pro lacrosse careers, guys who, I mean, McIntosh is a captain in the two leagues. John Galloway's, you know, I think he was the youngest head coach uh, ever in Division One. I. I could be wrong on that, but if not, he was probably pretty close. Yeah, he coached Just brother down in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a hell of a guy, that's for sure. Uh, but just two guys who cared and made it very clear that they cared, uh, but were in tune to both the individual and the team uh, really, really well. And this is a, a a team that, I mean, the MLL is not your average pro league. You're not spending that much time with with the guys. Uh, you really just show up Friday, play Saturday, leave Sunday. So you only get maybe at, at most 60 hours a week with the team. And their ability to to lean on their personality and their emotional intelligence was really impressive. Just to they, they knew what we needed. They knew at the right time, you know, when to needle, when to poke, when to yell at a guy, when to pat him on the back. And two guys who were really impressive. And again, in, in such a short window of time, uh, that was something that uh, I I was really impressed by. And uh, and, you know, just some guys from college who were really similar, um, you know, in 2013 specifically, that was a team that was 
definitely really talented, but probably the most impressive team I've, I've ever been on in, in college that year. We were lucky enough to, to go to a Final Four, but uh, a couple guys specifically, I mean, Tom Trazzolini was uh, a former walk-on who battled his way, you know, through injury. He was just your, your classic kind of gritty D-Mitty who would eat a shot, you know, just for fun. Uh, but just a guy who, again, was genuine, intense uh, on the field, would, would rip your throat out, but the first guy to pat you on the back in the locker room and give you a hug. So, uh, again, that genuine connection is, is, is a combination there. And, and honestly, even that, when I, when I was looking at this question, I just, just thought about my parents too. Just, again, it just really boils down to that connection and people who care and are in tune to you. I mean, your parents, you know, specifically for me, but probably for a lot of people are in tune to what you're doing and tuned to what you look like, what you feel like, uh, what might be wrong, what might be right. And even though it's probably annoying having your mom ask you what's wrong every, every day or, or every time you talk to her, uh, it's true. I mean, that's, that's, they're the leaders of a family. And again, if you care, if you're in tune to changes, if you're in tune to a different environment or, or whatever someone might need, that's all that being a captain is just being, you know, being that kind of leader. So just, I thought that was kind of a good, again, cross-section of my life and my background, you know, both college, uh, playing after college, and even just personal life. Uh, people who have you know, cared, been in tune to, to what, you know, what's going on, what I might need, what the group might need. So uh, really, you know, like I said, love that question from the start. Yeah, I love that answer too, especially the, the part where you hit on about being a parent. Um, I think, yeah, that, that's one of the more unique answers I've heard, and I, I'm definitely going to take that one with me. Um, if you really do look at it from that emotional intelligence standpoint and that, that care for your teammates, if you do look at it from the perspective of, Hey, do I care about these people as much as their parents do? Um, and also from a coaching standpoint as well, um, you really, really have to be in tune with, with how people are doing every day in order to get the best out of them and be able to influence them and, and show that genuine care and create that buy-in of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just you just said that right there that rang rang in my ears. Of, you know, do I care about this person or this group as much as their parents? It's pretty uh, you know, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. Um, so, you know, going going with that care or you know your experiences with those with those great captains. Is there ever a time of conflict or crisis on on a team that you were either the captain of or or the coach of or even just part of that was handled well by? yourself or, or another captain or another team leader and can you explain what they did well that impacted the team and how it kind of brought them out of that situation yeah i've got a got a couple that i think are, are valuable both pretty recent actually um so one i'll, I'll talk about my experience as a coach uh, our 2018 season was was pretty interesting coming off as a as a program two years that were definitely below uh, below expectation for us, and, and maybe not even necessarily from a wins and loss perspective, which they were as well, but uh, just the product we were putting on the field, the team we were, and, and the culture that we were living uh, wasn't who we want to be, right? It wasn't Cornell lacrosse. It wasn't uh, up to the standard of that, you know, great history and tradition that I've been talking about. So uh, 2018 was a year where it was definitely a kick in the butt for us. We, as a staff, kind of revisited, like I said, who we want to be, how we want to do it, boiled it down to the simplest of details that we could. Uh, and I, I've really never seen a group rally around something like that uh, with the intensity, uh, with the love, with the care, with the focus that they did. Uh, like a true commitment to the process of improving. Because when we started in the fall of 2017, there probably wasn't a person in the country that thought we could beat anybody. Uh, but those guys were just had a, a certain level of belief, a certain level of love for and pride in the program and pride in each other that 
Um, they didn't care that, you know, we might've had an embarrassing two years. They didn't care that we weren't a national championship team at that moment. Uh, they just kind of stuck, stuck the course and uh, worked not with an ego. No one needed a pat on the back. No one needed, um, <clears throat> excuse me, no, you know, no one needed the recognition right away, but just, just being a part of something, you know, pretty special like that, that group. And I know you said, you know, conflict or crisis, and maybe it wasn't a specific point or, uh, or moment in time, but more of just a period of time where those guys uh, put embarrassment aside, put egos aside and just worked. Uh, it, it was, you know, really impressive. And we fell short of our ultimate goal uh, for sure. And we wanted to win a couple more games that season, but uh, it was a group that you know, definitely can be proud of what they did. And, and again, uh, the leadership of that class was, was really really special but even more so for both myself and, and Connor uh, music or other assistant those seniors were the freshmen uh, back when we were seniors so to see them grow up over that time was pretty special uh, it was it was unique there were guys that we kind of saw walk in as wide-eyed freshmen and uh, grow up over a couple of years and, and take the team to to a spot that we could be proud of again and uh, I'll, I'll always remember that one for uh, for that reason so uh, that was one as a coach and then one as a player uh, two summers ago playing in Rochester with a group that, uh, you know, had a ton of talent, a lot of great, uh, great players, but uh, was a group that, you know, within the league was really known for the culture, uh, the, the team that they were and uh, constantly a team that was just trading, uh, trading really talented players for, for a bag of balls just because they didn't fit in the locker room. Um, there's a couple funny stories there, but just a group that uh, that, was, that was honestly a great lacrosse team as well. I mean, on, on the field, that, that group is awesome. It was one of the better teams I've ever played on. And we had a tough exit in the playoffs and then got some, uh, some bad news that the team was moving. It was a group that was mostly upstate New York based and Rochester, you know, it was a, a close home and uh, the team was moving to Dallas and no one really knew what the future held. We didn't know if half the team was going to retire, if half the team was going to be able to do it. And then a pretty strong rally of uh, like those guys, like I said before, uh, a handful of you know, others on the list, but, you know, Johnny Galloway and, and McIntosh and, and just, just some really, you know, wise guys, some wise vets who have done a lot for that group just basically said, boys, let's, let's go at it and let's try to figure this out for, for a summer. Everybody, you know, bite the bullet, take some longer flights to Dallas, but let's do this thing. And uh, it was, again, a process. It, you know, we weren't going to win the championship that day or that week or, or even that, you know, that, that time in the fall. Uh, but we got to a point where, and we played in that championship game this uh, this summer and uh, fell short, lost that game. But that was a, a really impressive group to be a part of. And like I said, just leaders that, you know, that cared. They were in tune to what the group needed. And at that moment, uh, like I said, when, when we weren't sure what it was going to be like, who was going to be able to play and show up, uh, they, they realized that it was you know, kind of a kick in the butt at that point. Like, let's just do it. Like, let's just figure it out, you know, bite, bite the bullet and let's just, you know, grit our way through it. And, uh, that was an experience and I'm, I'm really happy I made that choice actually I learned learned a lot uh, both in terms of you know on the field X's and O's as, as a young coach but uh, more so just how to handle yourself in, in some uh, some adverse moments like that yeah those are two great examples um, like you said not maybe specific instances that yeah. that the teams had to go through but uh, you know maybe periods of time or, or an over uh, an uh, overarching issue that with the uh, with the team moving to Dallas, uh, I think two important takeaways there from from both those situations are, are like you said, it, it wasn't one thing that one guy did in one instant. You know, it was mm -hmm. it was small thing yeah. over time. Like the consistent re yeah. re reinforcing the message that hey, we're you know last two years haven't been great, but you know what, starting today, 
tomorrow, next week, next month. We're going to continue doing these things and get back to where we want to be. Um, and you know, that second example, um, again, it's not letting the other, the other fact in that, that second story is not letting the, the team kind of loom over that and, and kind of worry too much about what was going on and just saying, Hey, you know what, you know, we got the situation, it sucks, but we got to move past it and let's just do it. You know, instead of sitting here trying to figure out what the next step is, like, let's just continue it, you know, business as usual, let's get through it and see what happens. Um, so I think two, two important uh, tips there based on those two situations, you know, even just talking about it now and, and kind of hearing your thoughts on it, the consistency was definitely the most impressive part of it because, you know, those bigger bumps in the road that we're talking about, there was little ones along the way too. And uh, their ability as leaders, uh, you know, both the, that senior class and then a couple of those guys that I mentioned, their, their ability to kind of navigate those smaller bumps while keeping us on track and uh, on the bigger ones was, like I said, just thinking about it now, re really impressive. Yeah. Overall can't, um, that it becomes harder, you know, the longer it takes to, to realize your goal and get over the, you know, get, get past the, the last two years, the longer that it takes you to get that. And the longer the process it is, the easier it is to get thrown off track. So it says a lot to, to your guys' program and your culture um, that they were able to overcome that, you know, over a whole season. And like you said, you know, there are a hundred little small bumps that you're going to go throughout the, throughout the year on that. So just on, on top of those two, stories what advice would you give fellow captains today or or guys that are aspiring to be captains what advice would you give them to, to develop their leadership skills and, and any tips for them as captains um i think just being proactive i think coming with that definitely trust in your instincts but uh being a proactive leader is is important not just sitting back and when something goes wrong yelling at somebody or saying we could have done this we could have done that like stick your neck out there and just do it. Uh, you're in your role for a reason. I mean, like we go back to the first thing we talked about. Uh, we promote the guys who are just the most intense and competitive teammates uh, and tell them, trust your instincts. If you sense a problem, go for it. Like we will have your back 100% of the time if it's, if it's throwing a guy off a team that you don't think shares our values or if it's, you know, maybe changing a little something, something as small as the timing of a practice. Like we'll, we'll trust you. We'll, we'll do um, what those guys think, but you just got to be proactive. Don't come up after a practice and say like, "Hey, you know, this this didn't work," or uh, or come in after after a season and say, "Yeah, this guy was um, this this guy wasn't following you know who we want to be." Uh, be proactive about it. Uh, it's something that you know if, if you see a lapse in that focus or intensity, it's probably already too late. Uh, kind of a, actually just thinking recently of a of a time or or a story that this just kind of anecdotally that this fits in. Uh, you know, our team this year. Standard, pretty, pretty simple. Uh, they go back for Thanksgiving on a Tuesday. Uh, you know, have the have the Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and plus the weekend with their family. Uh, come back on I think it was Monday, and then we had a team workout Tuesday, right? I mean, this point in the fall, you know, this is a, a college cross player. Um, everybody's getting, you know, getting a little beat up. That's just kind of how it goes. Uh, but they come back after that long break, sitting on their couch, um, and a little bit of a mom's cooking for a while. Uh, it's an opportunity for for definitely a lapse in, in that focus and intensity coming back for that workout. And specifically for us, our, our workouts are something that we uh, we pride ourselves on, right? Just not necessarily making them tough or hard. Uh, workout's a workout, but just the level of focus and intensity that we go after them with. Uh, and our, our team struggled coming back from that. And we talked with our, our group and our captains after and said, hey, there, there was an example, a missed opportunity for you guys to be proactive, right? You went on break. 
you were away from campus, you were away from the group, you were away from uh, our level of intensity. And although we, you know, we talk about our culture kind of being all encompassing and, you know, kind of just a lifestyle, uh, you guys were away from it for a little bit, right? And that's just natural. You go home, everybody excels over Thanksgiving. You put your feet up and enjoy some football, enjoy family, all, all that stuff's great. But when you come back, you, you got to be ready to work. And we talked about with them, just recognizing that that subtle change in environment and not addressing it with the team, right? A, a mature team or, you know, some mature leaders there might've said uh, on Monday before the Tuesday workout, like, all right, boys, you know, hit the reset button, decompress tonight, wake up tomorrow, ready to go. We, we got to make sure that we can't let this break uh, you know, miss, you know, have, have let this break get in the way of, of us really finding another chance to get better. Uh, and again, you know, this as a, a college cross player, you only get a finite number of uh, number of days to do this. Uh, that, that clock's ticking every time you, you step out there. So uh, that was one that just kind of goes with what I was saying, being proactive and trusting your instincts. Like one of the guys, one of the captains we were talking to was like, yeah, you know, I, I thought about that on the drive home. Like I, I was with a couple of the, uh, a couple of the guys that he was local with and they were just talking about how great relaxing break was. And, I was like, oh man, I hope I hope they figure it out by by Tuesday for the workout, and we just, just kind of chuckled a little bit, like, well, there you go, there is your shot, right there. Yeah, there was yeah. your there was your look into it, and just saying, all right, you know, maybe if if those two guys are feeling it, what if twelve other guys on the team are feeling it, and then what if those twelve guys talk about it with the whole team, and then all of a sudden we've got fifty guys who are going into a workout, you know, rubbing their eyes tired because because they had too much turkey. Um, it again, it's a chance for those guys to trust their instincts, be proactive sense of change in the environment, uh, sense of change in the group as a whole, sense of change in one individual. You see a kid, you know, walking through the locker room looking looking terrible. Uh, maybe it's because he didn't sleep for some reason, right? Go figure it out. You know, yeah. what if what if he's got a, a sick relative? What if he's got a test that he just got crushed by? Like, just know the people around you, know the environment, sense any change away from the direction you want to be going and, and attack it, go after it. So, uh, if anything, just be proactive. Yeah, being proactive and and that proactiveness will lead you to that that genuine care, like you said. You know, mm-hmm. if you're actually being proactive and looking for looking for the reasons why there are issues before they even come up, and you're able to anticipate it, more than likely you're asking the questions that 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 lead you to genuine lead to that genuine care and lead to finding out what's making people tick or what's making them not tick. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, that example was maybe on a bigger scale, right? That was the whole group, but it might even be just making some, you know, a freshman's day who yeah, exactly. just got practice and, and failed the test. Like, just go take him out to lunch. Be like, hey, man, what, what's going on? Um, and I got I to gotta give our guys credit. I think that's something that they, they do a really good job of. Uh, you spend enough time around people. You know, you know what their face looks like when they're wearing a tough day. Yeah, exactly. and, uh, yeah that's just, again, we're really lucky. That's just kind of the norm here. That's great. Uh, I know I don't want to take too much of your time up. We're kind of coming up on here an hour. So I want to get back to their down to the last couple of questions that we always ask on the podcast. So just starting with the year with some conceptual ideas, what is your definition of leadership? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, we, we good, good question. This one definitely made me think, um, but just using your emotional intelligence to motivate a group to, to kind of stay on track and, and stay uh, committed to to some sort of goal, right? Whatever you define your goal as, but uh, like I said, using that emotional intelligence to, to consistently motivate the group to stay on track. Uh, Cause there's going to be adversity. There's going to be things that pull you different ways. There's 50 guys, you know, 50 ish guys on a team. And some people have a test this day. Some people got a girlfriend that wants them to do something else or just getting pulled in different directions. And you know, can you lean on, uh, on your emotional intelligence to, 
to motivate that group to stay on track. Uh, and then even as a coach, this is a line that always rings in my ears. And I, I first started, Coach Millman said this to me, uh, just closing the gap between what you're telling someone to do and what you can get them to do. It's it like it's the simplest thought in the world, yeah. or excuse me, the simplest sentence in the world, but you can think about it for hours. Uh, like, what am I telling them to do? But what do I actually want them to do? Like if I, I could go tell you to, to run a thousand laps, but am I just telling you to get, you know, become a better athlete? Like, you know, just peeling back the onion a little bit and, and how do I close that gap? Like, what do I have to do in terms of building a relationship or, uh, or being a leader? Like, you know, what does that mean? So, um, if, you know, he asked the definition, I think that that first piece with the emotional intelligence, but just kind of led me to think a little bit about, you know, what, what, uh, the advice he gave me that, that was kind of the first thing he said when I started coaching is like, just keep this in mind. It'll, it'll help you out. So, um, those are the two things that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it sounds like. It boils down to for you guys, for sure. Um, really closing that gap. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's a great one. Definitely going to keep that one in my back pocket from, from now on. Um, what are the two biggest responsibilities of a team captain in your opinion? Um, we talk about, it's kind of like a buzzword or whatever, but uh, servant leadership, uh, I think it just comes down to facilitating success. Uh, your job is to make sure that whatever group person you're leading uh, can be successful. So facilitating success and motivating, I think those are two things that, uh, that stick out, you know, make that person do more than they think they can and uh, give them a chance to be successful. Yeah, that's great. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Although it's a buzzword, it's, it's, super important for, for captains and leaders out there to understand that it's not being a captain. Isn't something that is for you. It's, it's for your team that you were chosen. You were chosen to be yeah, you guys, for your team. When your podcast, you talked about like uh, someone just being pumped that they could put it on their resume. Um, I thought that was, that was actually a great way to put it. Um, that was, that was great. Yeah, exactly. So, and then again, that's another one of our, our tenants at the captain's coaches leadership is a service. Um, so I know, I know we talked a lot about uh, emotional intelligence, um, a lot about being proactive, but are there any other uh, top characteristics or factors that you think makes a great captain? Uh, I definitely think emotional intelligence. That's one right off the bat that I would, I would point out. Uh, you got to be able to understand the group. You got to be able to understand individuals. You got to be able to understand who you want to be uh, and what's in that gap and, and figure out how to close it. But uh, outside of that, I, I just think uh, a little bit of grit. I mean, got to be tough you got to be you know you can't be thrown off by maybe one person's lack of confidence in you or a bad day or a bad performance or you know whatever it is uh find the way find a way to stay composed be gritty about it uh being tough you know not always the guy who can throw a punch or take a punch it might just be the guy who stays composed and gets his job done so um emotional intelligence and grit uh probably make up a make up a pretty good pretty good leader love it all right so last last few questions before i let you go here jordan what is your favorite book on leadership or coaching? And what is your favorite quote about leadership or coaching? Um, book, shameless plug for, uh, for our program here, but there's, there's actually a book written about um, Cornell lacrosse and, and most specifically George Bayardi, a guy who was a former captain for us and uh, really just kind of a, a cornerstone of our program, but it's called the hard hat uh, written by an alum, but uh, that's one that you know, we have all our guys read and, you know, there's a handful of things we do with it, but it's just a book on just ways to be a great teammate and kind of peels back that, that, that statement of, you know, not only what you need to do, but why is it important, the maturity it takes. So uh, it's a really simple book, uh, kind of a third grader could probably read it, but another one that a buddy uh, turned me on to this summer, it took me a while to get through it, 
but I'm, I'm pretty much done now. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little nerdy, even, even for, uh, for, for a quote unquote Ivy league person, but <laughs> definitely wouldn't say that that's my, my type either. Um, especially if Brendan's listening to this whole laugh at me. <laughs> it's called Zen and the uh, art of motorcycle maintenance, which is definitely weird. And, and my, uh, a friend of mine recommended it and told me, he's like, don't let the title throw you off, but it's really just a book about uh, how to deal with different people. And it kind of ties into that emotional intelligence and not letting you um, throw, you know, get thrown off by maybe some differences or, or interactions that don't go great or uh, just things that maybe go wrong. Like, how do you handle it? Uh, and it, it compares it to, to maintaining a motorcycle, which I don't know, I don't know what the damn thing about, but uh, you know, there's a lot of little bits and pieces that go into it and it's never going to be perfect, but uh, it's a work in progress. So that, that's one that it's just on my mind because I'm going through it now. But uh, in terms of emotional intelligence, that's definitely, uh, definitely one of the, you know, the most impactful books I've, I've, uh, I've gotten into. Yeah, you definitely sold me on both of those. What is, uh, do you know the author that, the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance? Uh, I don't. And you know what? It's bad because that's how my buddy sold it to me. He's like, this author's famous. He's awesome. So okay. I, uh, I, I should, but no, no, it's no a, worries. Yeah. No worries. We'll find it out. We'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, uh, after we get off here. Um, It'll stand for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you said, a quote too, right? Um, yeah, favorite quote. That one that uh, I said before, just close the gap between what you want, or excuse me, what you're telling someone to do and what you want them to do. But uh, one we've got for, for our program is uh, just well done is better than well said. I think it's you know, yep. pretty straightforward. Just uh, just do it. So it's, uh, again, little, little bits and pieces of the program that we're, we're lucky to be a part of. But uh, that's hopefully that's what uh, what you're looking for. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Jordan. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Sitting right at an hour. Uh, great having you on. Don't want to take up any more of your time than you need, but loved having you on. Um, looking forward to, uh, to seeing you guys play this season. Hopefully, well, actually, hopefully you do meet uh, Army this year because it probably means you guys are both playing in the, the national tournament. So we'll, yeah, be, we'll look forward yeah, to it. A nice upstate battle, but uh, yeah. hey man, th thanks for having me. I, I really love what you guys are doing. It's pretty unique and uh, looking forward to, uh, to catching the rest of them going forward. Awesome, man. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.